Now you're very welcome along. It is the gardening programme on a fairly sunny Saturday mm, morning in the middle of June. Porrick Horkin is in studio. Good morning. Good morning, dear. It's How, beautiful out there. The it is actually. It's a really pleasant After morning. After all that rain yeah, yesterday. Yesterday was a bit Which of a credit. washout and I know oh. a lot of people uh, really it was bringing people down a small bit but I think we're back to, we're back to not two, two nice days I think. Great. Today in, in, or tomorrow in particular I think yeah, particularly good. Yeah, that's rather a pleasant forecast I have to say. Yeah, and even today I know it's lovely out there at the moment and just to, I suppose to start the programme mm. advising people uh, potato blight is going to be a problem or is a problem this week. Okay, this comes with moisture isn't it that? Does. Is that it, the, when it, does. it When it spreads. Well, yeah, the, the spores, the uh, potato spores are spread on uh, when you get mild temperatures so anything over kind of 14 degrees which we've been having all week and then when you get moisture for two to three hours so it can be mist or rain or any form of moisture or a deluge exactly so Blight and Met Aaron issued a warning I think last Sunday that this week in particular uh, would be and, and you know true to form we've had lots of moisture lots of high temperatures so Blight is certainly knocking around so my advice really today or tomorrow mm-hmm. whilst it's dry get out there with your Promoximal or a Bordeaux mixture. If you have a small few, just a few spuds in a, in a tub or container or a, a couple of small ridges, the Bordeaux mixture is perfectly fine. Um, the prox- Promoximal is what the growers use. So if you're actually growing quite a number of ridges of potatoes and you want to protect that crop, the Promoximal you'll find better in that it's systemic. Mm-hmm. So it actually enters the plant and protects from within. So as the plant makes new growth, and they're making lots of new growth with all this mild, moist weather, and mm-hmm. uh, th- that new growth is protected. So really, you, you need to take advantage of the two dry days uh, to protect potatoes in particular uh, from potato blight. Okay. So, so that's it has to, uh, And the, the applications have to be put on when it is dry, is it? Yeah, otherwise the, the rain is just going to wash the, the, the spray off. You need about an hour, maybe two hours of drying. So once you apply the Promoximil onto the foliage of the plant, it needs to dry in. The, the, the leaves will actually suck it in. Right. That's what happens. It takes the treatment internally and protects from within. And the great thing with Promoximil is that it also, if you did get some early blight on plants, it tends to cure that in, in the first couple of, of days. Um, but really my advice is prevent it. So apply during the dry weather. All you need is an hour or two uh, and just give the potatoes a good drenching. Now that's with potatoes that have broken broken through the soil. That yeah. You know, you've got five, right. six, seven, but eight But you have good more. stock, yeah. yeah. For people that may have pl- planted potatoes late and there's no sign of them coming through, they're perfectly safe. They're beneath the soil so the spores aren't going to get at them. So it's really just for, I think I was telling you at Bloom, Michael D's potatoes, yes, I was admiring indeed, yeah. his crop of spuds and they were certainly a foot high. So, you know, anybody that had planted them, say back in March or early April, they're, they have come through the soil now and they do need protection. Okay. So it's I, really just a, a little tip just to uh, keep an eye on it. And do keep an eye on Met Aaron are very good at, at issuing weather uh, or blight warning. So mm. do keep an eye on the on the weather forecast as yeah, well. Yeah, and or if you just go, log on to their website, um, they tend to have a little corner up in the top left-hand corner which will kind of indicate quite clearly if there's a blight warning on. There you go. Yeah, there you there's go. Something I now you know. see. There you go. <laughs> a mine of information, I wish. Yeah. Um, now you mentioned Bloom there, Pork, I did. And uh, there are lots of other festivals there happening are, as well. There are. There Maybe are, not the, of such a large scale, but well, nonetheless interesting. Yeah, next weekend we have our Rose Festival in, in the Garden Centre. So we've invited the grow 
growers to come along, the growers of, of roses. And it's a great time, really. Mid-June is, is the time, certainly for picking roses, because they've come into flower. You can actually see the plant. You can smell the rose. And uh, you can see, you know, you can talk to the growers next weekend in, in our centres in uh, Sligo, Galway and in Castle Bar. So that's a rose festival kicking off next Saturday and Sunday. And we're going to bring the growers down and they're going to talk about roses. So if you're interested in putting a few roses in the garden, or if you've got roses in the garden, you want to know what you know, some tin, hints yeah. and tips. I was talking last week, I think, about the garlic wonder and, and how and the growers to, yeah, have gone back to, to garlic. To prevent the green fly. Exactly. And, and and just to give a really good sheen to the flowers and to the foliage of roses. So there'll be lots of tints and tips like that over the weekend. So that's next Saturday and Sunday, the 22nd and 23rd uh, in, in the three garden centres in Sligo, Galway and Kesselbar. But also there's a great garden festival. We, we'll have our own bloom here in Galway in, uh, in July, early July. Um, the Galway Garden Festival, and that kicks off in the castle. You know the castle that's been restored there on the way into Clare Galway? I, I do, actually, because I've had opportunity in the past year to go to Galway on a weekly basis from Roscommon, and one is usually caught in traffic, I have to say, yes. uh, in the morning, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I've been able to admire it for quite a while, although I have to say they've done a spectacular oh, job fantastic. on that. I'm, really, I'm, I'm dying to get all in there, credit yeah. to everybody that's been involved in that. Yeah. It really has been so brilliant. So even if you've no interest in, in, mm. uh, in, in gardening and you just want to know what's around, yeah. it's be an ideal opportunity. So look, at they're opening the the, uh, the castle on the 6th and 7th of July. Again, it's a Saturday and Sunday. Um, and Jeremy Gavin is coming along this year. And there's quite a number of speakers. Um, one of the guys actually that went to college with me, Brendan Sayers, who's in the, still in the Botanic Gardens, is coming down to, to give a talk. So there's quite a number of really good, uh, both international and, and national speakers yeah. coming along. But they've also come up with a great idea. And it's it's a charity event for the Simon oh, Community brilliant. in Galway and also for the Christian Blind Missions. Um so it's a charity gig. It's run over the two days, the 6th and 7th of July. But an interesting thing they've, they've teed up with, with Hawkins this year to do a, a garden flower pot competition. Oh, that right? sounds terribly interesting. So it's they've put it under three classes. So under 15, so anybody under 15, if they want to grow a pot of flowers mm. or edible plants or anything at all. So there's an under 15s class so to get the children involved. There's a sensory planter. So one, oh, brilliant. Right, so that'll yeah. be looking at things like that would have texture, scent, um, you know, interesting, just interesting textures. So that's a sensory planter. And then they've one called the most creative planter. So that could be... <laughs> that's that could wide be, open. <laughs> right, good, so luck, that could be good luck to the judges on that one. So they're the three classes. Um, you have to grow the, the, the... In entering any of the three classes, you have yeah. to grow it in a special pot called the Elho pot. And that's really just to bring a standard so that people don't come with massive with big tubs yeah. and whatever. So that's there's a true. standard pot and they're available in Hawkins Garden Centres okay. at the moment. So for the for those people now who are just listening and this is very, very new to them, come, what's the name of that pot again? It's called the Elho, E-L-H-O okay. pot. Um, okay. It's a special pot. There's a colour for each of the categories. So if you're under 15... There's one particular colour for you. If it's in the sensory planter, it does another colour. I think it's green for the sensory planter. And then the most creative planter is either a lavender or quite a bright colour. So look for that. It's an L Hope pot. It's available in Hawkins Garden Centres at the moment. And really you'd want to be planting them up now mm. to have them looking their best for the 6th and 7th of July. And Jer McGavin from Chelsea, he's going to judge the okay. actual winners. Come so on, that should be with. interesting. It surely would. <laughs> that should be interesting. So look, that's something that uh, it's happening on the 6th and 7th of July. So you've got, you know, a couple of weeks yet. Yes. Um, but my advice is really to start planting the containers up now. The container will cost you five ninety nine. 
Right. And with that, you get two plants with it to start you oh, off. Oh, that's good. That, that, that's good value. Okay, then, so, yeah. so that's, uh, so that's um, you know, so get your Elho planter now. Get it potted up. The classes are under 15. Sensory, sensory. planting. And most creative planting, which can be anything, right. can be colour, can be texture, can be anything you want to put into the pot just to be creative. And you know Jeremy Galvin with his quirky sense of... Yeah, uh, he's, I have to say, very, very creative and kind yeah. of finds inspiration so from all kinds of things. That's it. So he'll be looking for something unusual and yeah. different. And yeah. and uh, so, that, that, so that's interesting. So look, at those pots are available now. Get them potted up and then you bring them uh, to the Galway Festival and uh, they're judged on the day. Okay. Over the weekend, they'll be judged. So, so uh, is it so? It's in in the castle in Clare Galway. It's actually in the the, the festival is going to be ha- is going to be held mm. on the sixth and seventh, the Saturday and Sunday in the in, actually in the grounds of the castle. Um, so it'll be quite nice. Hopefully, I'd, we'll get I'd, the weather I'd for say, it as well. I'd say Jermot Gavin could have a long judging day that day. Yeah, but it's, 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 a, lots of entries. it's a festival. It's a very similar to. I suppose it's a mini bloom mm. in that it's uh, again it, it's a festival of gardening. But there's all the artists and food producers there as well. The details are actually available on my website on garden gardencentre.ie right at the bottom of the page just click on there the full details are there and also the entry form if you're going to enter this competition for the uh, for the the pot planter and the application form is there as well so or drop into our garden centres over the weekend if you drop into any of the Hawkins garden centres we have the entry forms there as well which explain it a lot better than I do. No, no, I, something tells me now you've so explained it's a bit of fun. It perfectly, it's a bit of fun. perfectly well. Yeah. It sounds like great fun well, altogether. there's something for the kids yeah. there. There's something for people that want to, you know, sensory planting to some very interesting plants you can use and also people that want to be creative. So I think it's trying to capture for each class. Aspects, it's yeah. going to be a bit of fun. It's not for people that want to take it too seriously. It's going to be a bit of fun and Jeremy Galvin, his job then is to be is to right. pick the actual winners okay. in each class. Okay. So I think it's, it's something to look forward to. So look at the pots are available in the moment. Pop into the garden centres. You get a pot and two plants. Now you need more than that, so you want to add. Um, How big are those pots? They're roughly about, uh, I would say, 15, 16 inches in diameter. Okay. And about similar in height, so okay. they'll actually give quite a good. Are they display. circular pots? They're circular. Sorry, yeah. now these might all seem like yeah, no, basic no, they're questions. Circular yeah. pots, um, circular pots, and they're very colourful. The pots are very, the elho pots are very colourful anyway. So, uh, and you know, I think the class is like most creative. You can put in anything into it. Plants, you can put. Maybe some props into yeah. it, some art forms, whatever. So you know, it'll be, be kind of, I suppose, it'll be about combining uh, different bits and pieces, exactly. not necessarily. Well, exactly. it's, and it can it's be whatever way. Edible. It's whatever way you want, want to approach it. it. It could be something edible. It could be something flowery. It can be both. It can be, you can do whatever you want with them. Okay, so put your there thinking you know. caps on, guys. So the details are available. There's a leaflet in the garden centres at the moment, and also it's available on the website gardencentre.ie on the on the homepage. Just click on that, and you've got all the details, and you've got the entry form is there there as well. Lovely. We're going to take a quick break uh, and there's lots of questions that were coming in from early morning this morning as per usual. So we're going to come to those in just a moment. If you do have something you want to add on the questions list, it's text 87 uh with thanks to Brendan and all at CNC Cellular. And if you're calling, it's 0818 3055 and Teresa is taking calls this morning. You're very welcome back to the programme. We have a big range of questions and we're going to go from the very top, Porik. Uh, and the first question relates to tomato plants. Okay. Somebody is growing some of the grafted tomato okay, plants. TJ, good. good morning to you. They're both the cherry and rounded types and TJ reads that uh, you need to pinch out the shoots, doesn't quite understand what to do and could you provide some advice, okay. please? Okay, well, we're, we're banging that middle, yeah. middle time for growing tomatoes. They're actually beginning to flower now and the first fruits will start to set. Um, uh, really what, what TJ is referring to are the side shoots that you need to remove. So you want to end up with the tomatoes having a nice clean straight stem with the leaves coming off. 
uh, and the flowers coming off and any side shoots that appear between the leaf axils and the main stem you remove. So about every week, once a week, once every 10 days, you want to go out to the plants and just remove all the side shoots. Leave the leaves on, uh, allow the growing point to, to continue to grow uh, onwards, but take out all the side shoots. So about every 10 days. So the teacher will find them between the leaf axle and the main stem. Just remove those once a week. The other key thing to be doing at this time of year is, is feeding. Once the uh, tomatoes are actually starting to form their fruit, when they're about the size of a small marble, um, the first truss about a foot from ground level will start to set their fruit. And if you're, if you're watering the plants, it's a good idea to tap them every now and again to, to spread the pollen. Oh, right. You know, so tomatoes, or, or if you're washing them, even put some of the water up onto the um, flowers uh, in the evening time is often a good idea. But certainly tapping the plants will help to set the fruit as well as you're passing them and feeding them once a week from now on. Once you get four or five trusses of tomatoes, that's the time to take the top, the very centre of the plant out. So you'll stop at about five feet when it comes to about five feet in height. And at that stage, you should have four or five trusses of tomatoes. So Excellent. take out the side shoots once a week, feed about once a week from now on with a tomato feed. Um, and as we go through the summer, uh, you do need to increase the watering. So at this time of year, you'll be watering about once a week. But as we go into July and August, and as the fruit is forming, that'll that'll go to certainly every second or third day, keep them quite moist during the, the growing season. But they're as simple as that. The other thing to remember that tomatoes actually suffer from potato blight. Right. So if you have them growing outside or, um, you know, if they're getting, if the foliage is getting wet, do keep an eye on that as well. So do keep an eye out for potato blight. And if you're potato- spraying your potatoes, it's no harm if you have a few tomato plants, give them a, an application of the Bromoximil or, or Bordeaux mixture as well. Lovely. Now, somebody's wondering, is it okay to replant a hedge at this time of year? A mature hedge that died three years ago, it needs replacing. Uh, can they do this now or should they leave it until the winter and what would you suggest to Well, plant? there are a lot of, I've, I've actually noticed that in gardens, there's actually still, still quite a number of... The old, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old Escalonia and Gresolinia. I don't know people waiting to, to are they, you know, waiting for mm. the plants to reshoot or just the, the, the structure is there and it's probably given privacy and so on. But really anything that hasn't reshot, at this, reshoot it at, this at this stage, stage yeah. it's time to take it out <clears throat> and you're at a good time of year because um, more so that the soil conditions are very moist, particularly after yesterday's rain, mm. um, it'll be probably actually too wet at the moment to be to be digging out or, or preparing soil but certainly June, early July is a good time to put new plants into the garden um, so again my advice is just remove those those old dead hedges, they're not going to reshoot now if they haven't to come back for you take them out now um, dig out the roots as much as possible, if that's not possible then when you're planting a new hedge, plant it in between the two dead stumps and prepare the soil well. And really you can put in any of the hedging plants, laurel, um, Portuguese laurel or green laurel, beech, both the copper and green beech, privet, golden and green privet are available at the moment. Berberus makes a lovely hedge as well, lovely flowering hedge. So it's a good time to put, put plants in. Or if the listener is worried about maybe getting, you can buy them more established. So mm. if you want to maintain that privacy taking out the old hedge you can get plants that are two meters 1.5 two meters up to six seven feet in height available and that are kind of grown on by the nurseries and are semi-mature so you're protecting that bit of privacy and of course most of the hedges have put on good growth over the last fantastic growth actually yeah Yeah. so it is so to answer the question it's a good time to remove that old dead hedge replenish the soil put in some um, organic compost put in something like the pro 6 fertilizer and then plant your hedge and it'll be well established before autumn great and fingers crossed that we don't have weather like that again for a while to challenge with them. the frost yeah mm. well well i mean stick to maybe the frost hardy those that actually yeah. came through like the laurel portuguese <coughs> laurel the beach are all 
are all, have all, have all proven themselves at this stage. Yeah. Now, a listener would like uh, you to suggest, please, some plants that they can grow flowers to use in desserts and drinks. Oh, nice. uh, edible, flowers, edible flowers, I suppose, okay. really, is what they're okay. talking about, yeah. uh, that would be safe <clears> to <throat> eat. What suggestions Well, the one that comes to mind straight away for the, the G&T, for the the gin and tantan is the uh, is borage. Borage is often used. You know the star flower, the lovely blue flower that's on, oh, right. on borage. It yeah. has it, it 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 flowers. They call it the star flower because I suppose it, it's shaped like a star, but it's a vivid blue. It's a kind of a never had that in my gin and tonic. Now I have to be honest. Really, um, bright sky blue color um what you say you don't have I've never had I've never had it in my gin and tonic <laughs> <laughs> well anyway lemon does well, what they anyway. often do is freeze it in ice cubes yeah oh lovely right oh freeze very temporary pretty yeah, right and mm. and that's a lovely flower it's a so really it's borage borage yeah, yeah. b o r a g e it's a herb that, that's grown mainly for its foliage um but it's it's called the star flower and it's got lovely blue flowers uh, but you can use lots of of um edible pl- flowers let me think you're thinking of things like nasturtium which are both both the foliage and the flowers are edible on nasturtiums and they're often nice even if you pick them in bud <clears throat> before they come into mm. flower they're uh, they're lovely and fleshy and they're fully edible as a bud so they're quite nice english marigolds calendulas they look really well in in salads mm. uh, bright orange color and you can eat the petals of those violas pansies strawberry flowers um, apple blossom they're kind of going over now uh, what else would be nice anything in the in the herb family chives uh, coriander dill lavender flowers so there's quite a range of of flowering plants fuchsia it's quite they are, fleshy are edible, yeah. absolutely and do Absolutely. they taste? I don't think we should. Well, you know, fuchsia, they call it, they, they, you know, the kids used to suck the... Uh, oh, the little honeysuckle, yeah, like the honeysuckle, yeah. the sweet stuff. The more fleshy flowers, like the nasturtiums, like pumpkin flowers, are edible. Right. And they're fleshy as well. See, there's something a bit... So there's a bit of a bite in them. Correct. Okay. Correct. But I suppose for desserts, you're looking more maybe for the colour. <laughs> and so the borage was, would be very good, or fuchsia would be very good. And nasturtiums are many shades of oranges, reds, cream colours as well, yellow. So they'd be quite nice as well. The Calendula, the English marigold, is a vivid orange. It's a really um, saffron, is yeah, it? Yes, color, yeah. that really rich color. Violas are blue, so they'd look really well. And they can be frozen in ice cubes or they can be put I into think, desserts. I have to say, the ice cube idea is the one that I really like. like that. Uh, yeah, like it can just see very pretty drinks <laughs> on a sunny afternoon <laughs> if one was that tonic, way inclined. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, yeah so there's lots, lots there. Lots of edible flowers um, uh, available, and, uh, you know, particularly over the summer months, there's lots of plants that. They can be used. Great. Um, now, some <coughs> a listener saw some orange red flowers in a garden pork. Uh, they tell us that they looked like roses, but they weren't roses. Okay. Would you have Very any idea, Mags? Good morning. Thank you for your question. Um, would you have any idea what Mags uh, has seen in the garden? Well, well, what comes to mind are the peony roses, but they tend not to be orange. There, you have two types of peony roses. You've got the Thank herbaceous you. form, yeah, which are have the lovely big blousy flowers, which tend to be more pinks, oranges, or pinks, reds, and white. Uh, you also have the tree peony, which uh, the flowers aren't often as double, mm-hmm. but they're quite spectacular as well. And they come in, in shades of purples, pinks, reds, whites, um, yellows. So, you know, it could maybe something in that family. The other thing that are flowering at the moment are the poppies, the poppy blooms. Um, and you can get those both in single and in uh, in in double as well, mm. in double flowers. And they come in shades of oranges, reds, and so on. Camellias, people often, you know, the pinks and reds of camellias, which flower a little bit earlier, March, April sort of period, often resemble roses as well. But it sounds like it's it's the something in the peony rose family or the poppy family that 
Mags has been admiring. Now, early roses are starting to bloom. The first of the roses have just started. Um, so, you know, any time from now on, you're going to see the summer roses coming into bloom as well. Okay. And a great time to plant them and soil conditions are ideal for planting them at the moment. Okay, so it's a few, few options yeah. there. Hope, hopefully that's one of them. Um, now, a listener would like to know, what is the name of the spray that kills the mare's weed? How often do they need to treat it? Well, mare's tail is, is a problem at the moment. And again, I suppose it's uh, it's kind of a bit residual. It's, it's held over since last year with all the wet weather we had mm. last year. So it's flourishing everywhere. The one I recommended is one called Neerdorf. It's specifically for tough weeds like mare's tail or Japanese knotweed or any of the more persistent weeds. So you simply make it up in water, you apply it onto the foliage. It will actually kill the mare's tail within uh, seven or eight days and kill it back. Um, the thing with mare's tail, it tends to come back again so you need to persist with it uh, but certainly the Neerdorf will mix it up in water in a washing can or sprayer apply it to the foliage it'll kill it within six or seven days it shouldn't, re- it shouldn't reshoot this year again you might get specks of it coming up this time next year and it's just a matter of keeping on top of it and controlling it okay so that, that really is the key that it's it not just a one application that you need to just keep do, an eye on it do. that you'll have to yeah. persist with it for, yeah. for a little and while and that Neerdorf is specifically it, it has the mayor's tail recommendation specifically on the pack it's a green bottle you simply mix it with water again a dry day so a day like today or tomorrow would be ideal to treat it and make sure that the treatment doesn't get on any uh, ornamental plants that you want to protect so okay. isolate it onto the onto. mare's tail and get rid of it that way there's no point digging it or hoeing it because it has very deep rooted uh, rhizomes and uh, very thin thread like uh, uh, roots and impossible to digging it you propagate it right. so you really need to, to, to treat, treat it so you're splitting it up and you're probably allowing correct. it to reshoot correct yeah okay um, now a listener has uh, is starting off a new shrub bed porrick in right. the garden it's for the first time okay and they'd like you to talk them through what to do and would you be able to suggest some easy to grow shrubs if possible okay well first of all it's a very good time of year for putting in any plants be it shrub shrub borders or, or climbing plants or hedging plants in general. Soil conditions are ideal and growth has started very well. The, the first thing is really to prepare the soil and, and by that, if it's a lawn area you're putting it into it or fresh ground, the first thing is to eliminate any grass or weeds or any vegetation that's there because that's just going to cause you problems later on. So again, what I normally do, if it's a, if it's a lawn area, is to mark it out with the lawnmower. So I actually take the bed, put the lawnmower down to a relatively low level and then cut and, and form the border of your shrub bed with the lawnmower so that when you come back to cut the grass uh, after planting, it, it makes it a lot easier and you've actually defined the edge of the border. Kill off the grass then and use something safe like um, Weed Free 360, apply it to the foliage of the grass, that'll kill it off. And then it's just a matter of actually digging the individual holes. You don't have to dig the entire bed as such. All right. You just need to dig, dig the individual holes and prepare the soil around the the bed. You can dig the entire bed if you wish, but really there's no great benefit in doing that. Um, and generally when you're putting in a shrub border, my advice is always to, rather than putting in three or four shrubs, try to make the shrub border deeper and longer. Try to concentrate the shrubs together. They tend to look better. So rather than en- ending up with two or three shrub beds around the lawn, mm. you're better off to concentrate with maybe one larger shrub bed because it's easier to maintain. It look better as well. More impact. Exactly. So, you know, you really want to be putting in maybe a dozen shrubs, 15, maybe 20 shrubs, that sort of density to really get an overall effect. Three or four shrubs isn't going to, the bed will be too small, it'll be more of a nuisance, right. to be and honest. It, it just may, might end up looking a bit scraggy Exactly. Or and I would generally try to focus on awkward areas that are awkward to mow. So the corners, slopes, 
uh, areas that, uh, you know, maybe around a septic tank, mm. areas that are, tend to be an eyesore in the garden or, or difficult to maintain or the grass is growing up against the wall area, they're the kind of areas to isolate in a shrub bed. So mark it first of all, treat the area with a little bit of weed-free 360. That eliminates any weeds. It won't contaminate the soil. It's a matter then of uh, selecting a range of shrubs and really, you know, go for the easy plants like spireas, hydrangeas, lavateria, fuchsias. There's lots of really easy to grow, hardy uh, plants, ideal for beginner gardeners, available in garden centres at the moment. So go to your local garden centre, take a photograph of the area that you're going to do. And generally for most beds, you're looking for obviously ground covering or lower plants to the front of the border and then raising up to something taller towards the centre or towards the back of the bed. But really, the soil preparation, so add some um, compost when you're planting them, but also add some fertiliser. So something like the Osmo Pro 6 or Sudden Impact, plant mixed into the soil when you're planting the shrubs is the ideal thing to do. And that's it really, dear. If we do get back to very dry weather, mm. you need to wash them, obviously. Yeah. But the soil conditions, there's lots of moisture there at the moment, so it's a really good planting time and a very good time to put in new trees and shrubs and hedging, which we sometimes think it's more springtime or autumn time, mm. but actually summertime is, is a, if you get the sort of conditions we have at the moment, is a really good time to plant. Okay, so act now. Yeah, absolutely. A listener in Belmullet is admiring the lovely lupins in flower oh, everywhere yeah. because they're in flower at the moment. Of course. Um, <clears throat> and is wondering, can they still plant them or do they need to start from seed? Well, you can do, you can, plants are available at the moment um, that were grown from seed this time last year uh, for lupins. So if you go to your local garden centre, they'll have lots of lupins uh, at the moment. It's a good time to pick them as well because again, like the roses, you can pick the colours that you like. And there's some great new varieties, dwarf varieties and uh, or taller varieties like gallery if you like some Something for a cutting. So, yeah, you can plant them at this time of year. I would generally advise putting lupins in in groups of threes or fives to get that clustered effect. Um, you can mix the colours if you wish, or you can go for all the one colour. Um, but you can also sow seed of lupins at this time of year. There's a lovely variety called um, Tutti Frutti. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> Are they multicoloured or something? Multicoloured, oh, okay. right? Yeah. But they're also quite short. They'll only grow in height about 18 inches to 2 feet. They're right. really compact. And did you say that listener was from Belmullet? Yes. So that's the one I would grow because it's short, it's compact, the wind isn't going to destroy it. It's a v- very neat, compact variety. So one called Tutti Frutti. So Tutti Frutti lupins in Belmullet. Uh, they're right. available in the Thompson & Morgan range of seeds from memory. If you sow them now, they'll come into flower this time next year. They'll grow as plants over the summer months. So you'll have nice strong plants by August, September and they'll come into bloom then in late April, May, June of, of next year. Um, and do plant them in clusters. Trees, fives, sevens look a whole lot better. So you can either get the plants now or you can pl- sow them from seed at this time of year for a bit of colour. Brilliant. Uh, a listener would like to know how does one deal with ground elder and flower beds? Oh, a tough one. Ground elder, oh, really? bishop's weed. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, right. it's, it's a really... Um, it's a persistent weed, it's a perennial weed yeah. and it and the unfortunate thing is when it gets into flower beds and borders, you can't come along and just spray it all because obviously you want to damage your flowers yes, and beds. Yeah. The, really the way to treat it at this time of year, it's in full leaf at the moment, so now is the time to to eradicate it. Put on a plastic glove, rubber glove, right. uh, get down on the hands and knees, okay. get yourself a little bit of the Roundup gel, gel. and with your the rubber glove, you just isolate the, the foliage of the ground ender and, and wipe the Roundup gel across the leaf of the ground elder. That will take it in and bring it down. Into, now you don't have to paint every leaf, but you need to get maybe 70 or 80% of the ground elder treated. It'll take the gel back down into the roots and kill from the root 
upwards. Right. So it's so therefore you don't have to treat every leaf. So that's the really the only effective way. If it's growing in flower beds or, or round shrubs or whatever, you really need to apply the gel onto the surface of the leaf of the ground elder that'll absorb it down into the root system and kill it off that way and it you're, you're better it's a bit like the uh, mare's tail it's a type of weed that you really do need to persevere with and get rid of it because otherwise it's just going to continue to spread and if it gets into the garden and in around your shrub beds mm. it does create havoc okay and right. digging and hoeing again is not effective. You do need to treat it with a with a treatment. Okay, so a little bit pernickety, perhaps, <coughs> because you obviously don't want to kill anything else. That's no, no, you in, don't. In the bed. So rubber glove. You just yeah. isolate the leaf of the weed, round up gel, just wipe it across the leaf, and move on to the next leaf. Again, a day like today would be ideal to get that that job get that done. done. Yeah, and the round up gel is very good if you've got kind of persistent little weeds here and there in the garden that you just want to isolate and spot treat. It's a very quick and easy way and um, safe way of getting the treatment onto the plants you want to kill without affecting, obviously, things you want to protect. Lovely. We're going to take a quick little break. Okay. Uh, we've lots more to come, so stay with us. Okay, lovely stuff. I just want to go back now so that I haven't missed anybody's question. Okay. Um, now, there was a question about tree ferns. What can you what, what can you feed a tree fern with, or what should you feed um, a tree fern with, Mark? Well, the, the, with tree ferns, what you're dealing with is a plant that produ- produces a lot of foliage growth, leafy growth, so mm. you want a high nitrogen feed. So I would use the, uh, the Osmo Pro 6 would be very good for it. Apply it now and repeat it about uh, the end of July, June, early July, because they're actively growing at the moment. Beautiful plant, actually. The tree fern. Okay, yeah. hard to grow. So, no, no, quite easy to grow. Sometimes in, in very cold winters, uh, you do need to protect them. It's mm. often advisable to put a bit of fleece around the top of the crown right. uh, during the winter months. But no, they're they're actually quite easy to grow. In the Museum of Country Life, there's some lovely ones. In there's a little wooded area there in Castlebar, um, and there's quite some lovely specimens of tree ferns. Um, you know, in that wooded area. And of course, the wood helps to protect them through the winter winter period. And tree tree ferns were grown in shaded areas as well. So they've got a stem like a, you know, it's a I'm trying to visualise them. I had to think of an idea. You know, tropical. Tropical Yes, they're kind of of a brown barky. They are. And then there's, and the ferns kind of come out from... the top. A bit like the cord line, you know, the cord lines, but but the ferns are deciduous in winter. They drop their, 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 the fronds die back and you're left with this kind of central stem, brown... Hairy, hairy, stem, yeah, that's, that's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So look at feed them with a, a high nitrogen feed. The Osmo Pro Six would be very good. Depending on the age of the plant, you might want to put two or three handfuls around the base of it. Um, if it's a younger plant, less, and repeat that then at the end of June because they're actively growing during that period. And really stop after that. They don't need feeding once we get into July, August sort of period. Okay. They'll slow, be slowing down. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, uh, now somebody has a witch hazel tree yeah. about ten years old, uh, but this year there's no sign of growth on the leaves. Is it dead or is it just burnt mm, from the frost? Sounds dead. Like witch hazel is a, a beautiful plant. It's hamamelis. Uh, it flowers in the winter time. So if, mm. you, if you're looking for a plant that flowers kind of November, December, January, February sort of period, witch hazel is a great choice. And because it's flowering at that time of year, it tends to flower for maybe two months. Uh, you know, because it's flowering during that cold. Okay. Pen. Come in lovely oranges or yellows. So it's a really nice plant to grow and normally very hardy plant. The fact that it, it should come into leaf, it flowers on naked stems. So it's, it's bare when it flowers. Mm. And then it comes into leaf about the middle of March, early April every year. And it's got leaves not dissimilar to, to ordinary hazel. Uh, in leaf, so it's a quite a tough, hardy plant. So mm. it's most unusual that a ten-year-old plant has failed. So but if it ha- if it's not in leaf at this time of year, uh, then if there's no leaf on it, then obviously the stems have died. Yeah. Now you could check the stems by just breaking them back. So take a piece of the stem, just break it back, or scrape the bark with your with your thumb mm. nail. 
carefully and if there's green tissue inside then it's a living well it's living but if, if it's brown then it, it has died away mm. uh, or maybe bring a piece of it into us in the garden centres and we just make sure before you do it because a 10 year old witch hazel is worth a lot of money really oh yeah to okay. buy to buy a young plant you're certainly going to be looking at you know 25 30 euros okay. for a quite a small plant you know even a four, four or five foot plant would cost you maybe 100 euros so right so it's one of those yeah and it's it's a really nice plant um, oh, to grow in the garden so it's that. a shame that it's so check it first yeah. before make sure that it's it's uh, actually dead before you remove it but I would be concerned about it the fact that it's not in leaf I would expect it to be in leaf for five or six ten weeks nearly at this stage right the witch hazel is the one with the antiseptic properties I think is it could have I don't know yeah I think uh, yeah, yeah I, I think that it, it does have There's sometimes two things you've told me today <laughs> What can I say? <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> um, somebody is wondering, should they plant conifers and where can they get them? Well, it depends what they mean by conifers because conifers go from, you know, Macrocarp and Lelandii right down to the small little dwarf conifers that you put on, on where in pots or containers. So conifers are, uh, so what, what was the question? Where can they get them? Where can they get them? And and is it well, a, they're available in garden centres. It really depends on what's the purpose of what you're trying to do. If it's if you want to put in some shelter and protection or screening, well, then you're going for something either like the Tuyas, Tuya conifers or Lelandii. Um, so it depends really where the, what the listener wants to do. But yes, to answer the question, they're available at this time of year and, and should you plant they, them now they can be planted absolutely at this time of year no problem again the same same recommendations as I said for the shrub bed eliminate any weed growth that might be there or grass by putting down a little bit of the weed free 360 on a dry day and you're safe to plant a week later um, so yeah conifers can go in at this time of year they're, you, they're sold potted and really anything potted can be planted any time of year but it's ideal at the moment because the soil conditions are just they're good and moist it, and there's plenty of it, growth there it, 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 it won't really have to struggle when no, it goes it into won't. the ground it won't gooseberry stem tips are yep. crinkled and the centre leaves are stripped lots okay. of fruit but what might be yeah, attacking them fruiting great this year there's loads of fruit on gooseberries and blackcurrants this year so it's, it's, it's going to be a great cropping year the crinkling of the young tips is down to aphid attack green fly attack um, now you can do two things you can either just go and, and prune off the damaged shoots and, and by doing that you're you're taking away the green fly as well and the plant will reshoot again it's not going to set the pack, plant back to any great degree. The, the eating of the foliage is actually sawfly. It's a small caterpillar and that eats the foliage of gooseberries at this time of year and people with gooseberries should just check it for that. And they tend to eat from the centre in from the centre out. So you tend to notice it when there's quite a lot of damage done. But it does appear in May, June sort of period. So to get rid of that, I would use um, the bug clear, uh, the one that's used for fruit and vegetables. It's safe to use. You won't be eating the gooseberries for another two weeks. So uh, bug clear is quite effective um, on eliminating sawfly and greenfly indeed as well. So the one, the one treatment will actually kill both. Uh, and it doesn't contaminate the fruit. So the fruit is safe to eat from the, the following day onwards. Um, so so you can really, really just, you know, like both pests, they're going to set the plants back a small bit, mm. particularly if it's very heavy. So it probably is advisable to take some some action on them. For next year, you could uh, apply a treatment maybe a couple of weeks earlier and that'll prevent the problem from starting in the first instance. Okay. So it's just green fly in the young tips and it's gooseberry yes. sawfly in the centre of the plant. Right. Quite common at this time of year. Maureen would like to know, is it okay to trim back Lelandii in June? Yeah, it's a good time to be to be trimming back. Now, we'll probably have people coming on saying, what about the nesting birds? Mm. But in gardens, you're, you're allowed to prune hedging plants. So if you've got laurel and you've got Lelandii, you can trim them at this 
time of year legally. Um, so that the restrictions apply to, to agricultural uh, hedgerows Hedros. and so on. Yeah. Now, having said that, if you have nesting birds and they lay land hedge, leave them alone for another. You can prune the same hedge in July or August. But to answer your question, if you do want to prune it at this time of year, if you just want to tip it back lightly, you can trim them. And, li- and conifers generally are better pruned in the summer months because you're taking away the first kind of flush of growth. You're helping to slow down the growth in the in the conifer. So you're taking away some of the foliage that it normally photosynthesizes through. Yes. So you're kind of giving it a, you're putting on a mini diet as it's such by giving right. it a trim in the summertime. And uh, it has enough time between, then, between now and then and autumn to put on a fresh coat of foliage which protects it for the winter. So you know, mid-June, July, early August is a really good time to cut back Lelandia. Now, don't go severe with them. Just cut them back to, to green growth or, or yellowish growth. Don't go back into the old wood. And um, you can give them a light feed if you want at this time of year as well. But do check maybe for nesting birds first. First, yeah. Just give, the, give those guys a chance Give them a chance, well. yeah. They're still nesting. What is the name of the lovely three-foot white and sometimes pink flowers that are in bloom now on the roadways and gardens? Lovely scent in the evening. Have you noticed them? Uh, just today, everywhere. actually. Uh, is it some kind of one of the white thorns? Not that it's, am I getting mixed up with something Well, else? white thorn is in bloom, but the, yeah. the, well, I'd say what they're referring to is the uh, sweet rocket, Hesperus. It's a wild flower that you'll see growing along, uh, you'll see it growing along the roadways and ditches, in gardens even. Right. Uh, Hesperus, it's a real old uh, cottage garden plant. It's actually flowering lovely this year, uh, despite our, our, our relatively poor spring. So that's Hesperus. Um, it comes in kind of predominantly shades of white, but also pinks, lavender type colours. You can actually save the seed of it. It'll be producing its seed now around the middle of July. And if you just collect the seed at that time of year and sow it, you'll have the plant yourself flowering this time next year. So it's Hesperus. It spreads by seed. So that's why you see it in, in roadways and ditches and, and what kind of escapes from gardens and colonises other areas. Oh, so you see it a lot in, in um, uh, at the moment. It's in full fun. bloom and has been flowering for probably the last two or three weeks. Okay, I'll have to and be. beautiful scent in the autumn. The listeners write it right. around six, seven o'clock in the evening. There's a fantastic sweet rocket. Okay, I must, I must. the way it gets its name. It shoots up so quickly okay. and there's a fantastic scent in the autumn. I'll have to be a evening. bit more observant now for the next few evenings. But you're right, the white thorn is. <laughs> well, I just noticed that. <laughs> no, it's got a bit it's of beautiful. a red. And some of them have, they have that because you know they, they have. They have that pinkish the, the pinkish reddish, reddish tinge. tinge. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I thought maybe that's what you were talking, referring to. Um, okay, well, we'll we'll have a look out for that other one as well during the week. A listener would like to know, can they still plant strawberry plants now and yes. will they get some fruit this summer? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, as long as you, you get plants that are reasonably strong and to be honest, there should be flower buds and there might be even some fruit on them when you buy them in the local garden centres, but they can certainly still be planted. Um, so yeah, put them into, a great way actually to grow them is in something like the... Um, vegetable planter which uh, Bordemona do it's it's used normally for tomatoes and cucumbers uh, but it's a great way to grow strawberries as well and commercially that's with what they use they use oh, these the compost mix yeah they're yeah. like a, they're, it's like a grow bag but it's bigger mm. and in, in a vegetable planter you'll certainly fit about a dozen strawberries into it so it's a very easy way and because the plastic a tub of compost mm. essentially the fruit sit on the on the plastic so they're not sitting on wet soil and therefore they're or, uh, you keep them clean a lot easier. So that would be an ideal way if you just want to, for a novelty this year, plant up maybe a dozen strawberries and a vegetable, the Grow Wise vegetable planter, and you'll certainly have fruit from the middle of July right through till August. 
Very good. Uh, and one a listener is wondering, would you have any tips on growing lavender? They love the scent and they find it great under their pillow for a good night's sleep. Right. And they'd like to have a couple of plants for picking. Well, there you go. It is associated with uh, well sleeping, relaxation. Well relaxation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. use it in a room with herpes and things. So it's lot. very it's very easy to grow. Um, a great time to plant them actually. And a lot of them are in flower at the moment. The bees bees love them as well at this time of year. Um, the really the critical thing with them is they need free draining soil. So they don't, they don't, they're not really damaged by uh, by frost or cold. It's more the, the dampness, yeah. Um, so my advice really is to dig in a lot of gravel or grit into the soil if you're planting them in a shrub bed or a border. They're great in pots, super in pots. Um, so that's probably one of the best ways to grow them. They need full sun, a bright sunny location. Um, and hence they do very well in seaside gardens because you tend to get a sandy, gravelly, more, more impoverished soil. Right. They tend to do better. And... Um, you know, the um, and because of the wind and the sun, they tend to do very well in seaside areas. But they'll grow inland. Uh, but the key thing is to have the soil. So I would add in a kind of a bucket of gravel or grit into the planting hole before planting them. And even if you're putting them into pots and containers, mix some gravel or grit, pea gravel, through the compost to uh, to keep it open and, and give better drainage. And once you do that, you'll have the lavenders for years. Okay, so or or even mound up the soil. If you're planting, say, a small hedge of lavender, yeah. you're better to raise the soil by six or eight inches because that, again, helps to improve, to improve the, drainage. the drainage. So it's the rotting of the roots rather than the coldness that kills lavender, and particularly in the west of Ireland. Okay. And I suppose when you think about it, I always associate lavender with uh, sort of the south of France, and that, yeah. so that's the kind of, uh, you know, the, the the soil wouldn't be terribly rich, and there is obviously loads of sunshine. Sunshine, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, but the, 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 the drainage is the most important factor, and that's, you'll, you'll, you'll have them for years, if the if the soil conditions are right, yeah, no, I, I've seen some some people who live not too far from me, and they have lovely lavender and yeah. lots of it, and it looks, it's really and gorgeous. That's it. Once yeah. and once you get mm. the right conditions right, it actually lives for years and years. Now, uh, wallflowers and spring flowering sweet William, we discussed okay. them uh, we previously. I think it was last, last week. week. Yeah, I think so. Um, the, a listener would like to know: Do you know if you can still get the orange Siberian wallflowers? Oh yeah, the um, Ericinum. They're in the same family as wallflowers, right. but they're they're they're. Um, they're, they're orange, or yeah, orange really is the right description. They're, they're not that, uh, I haven't noticed them in the seed packets. Now, they're probably, if, if listeners go on to maybe um, Sutton Seeds or some of the seed companies, that the seed is probably available. Uh, but um, from Thompson and Morgan ranges, certainly they're not available um, at the moment. Mm. And the grocery, uh, I haven't noticed them in their collection either. So keep an eye out for them. Sutton's might be worth a, a try. Um, they're lovely. They're, they're highly scented. They tend to flower a little bit later than the regular wallflower, so they're they're actually in flower at the moment, and um, you could, if you if you see plants, you could certainly take seed from them in July and August. Uh, but check with some of the seed companies. It's you're at the right time of sowing them to sow them now, and there, there's a lovely scent off them as well. Siberian wallflowers, Ericinum. And, and did the, they come from Siberia? They're, well, they call them Siberian wallflowers because they they tolerate cold, the cold oh. better than the regular. Wallflowers. But They're not, really tough. But not quite hardy. Siberian temperatures, no, presumably. No, no. Yeah, but a, a, a really nice plant, um, probably a really old fashioned plant. And uh, certainly, if you sow the seed at this time of the year, you'd have them in flower next, next uh, spring. Now, a listener has, grew a lovely variety of broad bean last summer pork called Robin Hood in pots. Okay. They were delicious all summer, but the stems were covered in a fly and they're wondering how do they stop this happening this year? But, yeah. Their plants are about 12 inches at the moment. Okay, well, mm. Robin Hood is a dwarf variety. It's actually perfect for um, tubs and containers. And you, see, you could even still sow to this time of year if you mm-hmm. wanted a crop for autumn. What, what the listener is talking about is black fly, which attacks 
beans in particular, all beans, and it tends to come on the young tips of beans. So you can do two things. You can either remove the tips. So if they're, they said they were 10, 12 inches, are they at the moment? 12 inches at the yeah. moment, yeah. So take the growing tips out now. So that means removing about four, three to four inches of the growing point of the broad beans. And that'll stop the aphids. The dislike, they want they want to be on the very tips of the shoots. So when the shoots are removed, the, the, the black fly aren't interested in the beans. So that's one way of doing it. The other way you can grow, you can grow a plant called um, summer savory, which is a, it's a herb that's normally used for its own foliage. But the scent of it keeps black fly away from beans as well. So that would be another little tip. You can sow that from seed at that this time of year and the smell of it keeps them away from the from the broad beans. Alternatively, you can use a, an organic uh, treatment if you want, you know, something like the um, the bug clear I mentioned or the PY, P-Y insecticide oh, right, yes. can be used on, on uh, plants. But simply removing the growing tips will stop black fly coming on broad beans. And they'll attack not just the, the broad dwarf ones, but they'll attack the normal runner beans or, or general uh, broad beans uh, that you might have growing in the garden. So it would be advisable just to... To treat. Yeah, so li- literally take out the growing t- shoots at this time of year. And if you've got black fly on, on your plants at the moment, you can use one of the um, the safer treatments for fruit and veg, like the, the bug clear. Okay. Last question, I'm afraid of the Go morning, on. to Mary in Tume. Good morning. Uh, likes the show. Good. Um, she's got a Crataegus tree hawthorn yeah, yeah. which has not flowered last year or this year there are plenty of leaves but not one flower it's about four years old it did flower the first year or two um it's been fed with sudden impact in the spring okay well you mentioned the, the critagus the white thorn that's yes, the shades that's, of pink yeah. and i'd say the one the listener has is is paul scarlet it's a lovely deep <gasps> beautiful red yes one. yeah um look at it four years old it's not surprising if if you're feeding it well and it's growing well like i said with the plum trees last year they tend to settle into kind of a couple of years of growing at the expense of flowering so don't feed it anymore leave it well enough alone if you want put on put on a little bit of potash on it which will slow it down it'll slow down the growth and help it to flower next spring so there's nothing wrong with the plant it's growing well the feeding is encouraging that leafy growth at the expense of the flowers so my advice is to actually leave the it's not as if Paul Scarlet won't flower. It will come into flower. Right. It may be it maybe next year. It might be the year after. But feeding it with sudden impact, you're just encouraging lots of leafy growth, and the plant is doing really well, but not flowering. So just leave, leave it alone. A little bit of neglect right. will actually go a long way with, well, with the good, good and hardy. Yeah, they're good and hardy, and it will come into flower. It'll be probably it will be next April of hopefully of next year or the year after a little bit of potash will sulfur potash on its own will help to slow the growth down and induce it into flowering next season for you excellent so that's all this to us so we'll, have to, we'll have to leave it there just a quick reminder of the, the festivals fe- yeah the Rose mm. Festival next next weekend in the Garden Centre so in our Galway Castlebar and Sligo Centres we'll have the Rose Experts down to talk to you and also the Garden Festival then in Clare Galway on the, the what is early, it in June, 6th, 6th and 7th, 7th of, of July oh, July sorry but, so there is a competition there um, the planter competition under 15 sensory planting and the most creative planter and the pots are available in Hawkins Garden Centres at the moment okay I I'd say there's going to be loads and loads of interest in that. Porik, thanks indeed for thanks, all Deirdre. of the information and advice. And uh, we'll be back again next Saturday to do it, it all over again. No. Uh, enjoy the couple of reasonably fine days and no doubt lots of gardening jobs to be done. I'll be back again next Saturday just after seven. Michael Neary is out and about in Ballon Robe this morning. And that's coming your way directly after the news, which is coming next with Fiona McGarry. Good morning to you.